For those of you who don't know me, my name is Judith, although in recent years, my name has kind of morphed into Jude. I've been in seminary for the last three plus years, and I've been doing my field education at St. Francis Episcopal Church in Palos Verdes, which is why some of you may wonder who this person is standing up here. St. A's is my home parish, and it will always be my home. But it is also what's called ascending parish. Yesterday, I was ordained as a transitional deacon, and now I will be sent out from this parish. I came to this church 34 years ago. My mother was a parishioner, and my daughters and I joined her when we moved back to California to put back together our lives. My mother is also the very first resident of the columbarium back there <laughs> uh, behind the altar. Major family events have happened here, as well as some historic ones, such as the very first AIDS mass in the country, where my daughters served as acolytes. For nearly half my life, this place has formed me, held me, encouraged me, challenged me, and led me into a relationship with Jesus, which I did not have before. It sent me deeper into an encounter with faith, and it taught me the meaning of being in community. I had to learn that. It was not part of my upbringing, and it was not natural to me. I was literally loved into this community. This is a holy place, as I'm sure you know. The Holy Spirit is visible and alive here in this place. In today's gospel, Jesus says, the Spirit will be with you forever. It abides with you and is in you. It is here. The Holy Spirit is at work in all of us, whether we know it or not, and it is a gift whether we open it or not. And today is Pentecost, Holy Spirit Day. Today is when we celebrate the inbreaking of the Holy Spirit upon the apostles who were huddled together in Jerusalem waiting waiting for what Jesus had promised when he said he would not leave them orphaned. And that's the word he uses in John's gospel, orphaned. He would not abandon them. Perhaps they thought another prophet would arrive or maybe an angel or a vision. Instead, as we heard today in Acts, the power of God began as a sound, just like in Genesis at the beginning of time. A sound, a sound like the rush of a violent wind that came out of nowhere and brought crowds into the streets. And from out of that sound came a sight, divided tongues as of fire and a tongue of fire landed on each of the disciples, filling each with the Holy Spirit, so that the words they each proclaimed about what they had seen in their time with Jesus, about God's deeds of power, about God's love, could be heard in every language. Some in the crowd thought they must be drunk, 
Peter's reply always makes me laugh. He says, these are not drunk, as you suppose. It is only nine o'clock in the morning. <laughs> that's Bible humor. Uh, <laughs> I just think that's very funny. Um, but the appearance as described of the Holy Spirit boggles the mind, doesn't it? It's a thrilling scene of sound and dazzling sight. And it's depicted in this beautiful window behind me, this window of the Holy Spirit. And that's why we wear red today. I think it's hard, though, sometimes for us to wrap our minds around the idea of a Holy Spirit and that the presence of a Holy Spirit, and that is the power of Jesus, is alive with us always, empowering us. The world can seem so bleak and unfair, and so we keep our heads down. We narrow our vision, and our awareness of the light and the power of goodness all around us goes cold. The light doesn't go cold, but our awareness of it does. And so we go inside and we lock the doors. If only we would look up. If only we would notice the power of love all around us. If only we would open to it and allow it in. The power of the Holy Spirit alive, so alive and with us always. Today, the Holy Spirit is alive in the midst of all the pride marches, both the joyous ones and the dangerous ones. Today, the Holy Spirit holds the broken hearts of those mourning yet another senseless shooting. And today, the Holy Spirit swirls around through us here, and it will sanctify the water of baptism as we welcome Goldie Briscoe into this family of God. The Holy Spirit is in it all. The Holy Spirit is here. Now, throughout our history, the arrival of the Holy Spirit on Pentecost has been celebrated as the beginning of the church. Not the working out of the institution, for better or worse, but the real meaning of church, the body of Christ, Simply put, Christ ascends into the larger life, empowering the willing and the reluctant with Christ's Holy Spirit to speak with our mouths in our lives of the power of love and forgiveness, to walk with our feet to the lonely, hungry, caged, profiled, and to hold with our hands the frightened, the angry, the weak, and to stand as straight as we can in face of bullying, ridicule, and hate, and to look with eyes of compassion on all whom we meet. God uses our bodies to become the body of Christ. And as Christians, we agreed to try to do our best. We are church every day in our ordinary lives. Sometimes, though, I think the Holy Spirit, the power of it seems just so huge or remote 
My imagination sometimes sees it like volcanoes, you know, exploding upward with fingerlings of red and gold and orange and yellow, like fingerlings dancing alive, like tongues of fire. Or images in space stretching out into eternity. But then I take the hand of a patient in the hospital. He holds it tight and his frightened eyes are calmed by mine and the Holy Spirit holds us in that small present moment. And the paradox, at least for me, is that the smaller I feel in my tiny place in God's universe, the more precious and important everything becomes. I begin to see and understand every single thing, every moment, every word, every action, feeling matters in God's economy. And that's how we become church. Every moment matters. We live as part of the body of Christ, respecting the dignity of every human being, which we will promise to do in a few minutes in baptism. We are to make visible the Holy Spirit alive in us. That's what we're asked to do, to notice the power of God within this community and in communication with the world. Now the Holy Spirit is clearly at work in this place. I would be an idiot not to see and feel it in the work of the integration of the music into the very fabric of worship or the excitement of the spirit that is generated over the divine office or the dreams for the school building or the faithfulness the spirit supports in this wonderful clergy and in all the lay ministries here that are practiced with such love and such care. Now I have one more example of the Holy Spirit at work in this place. And it may embarrass Reverend Nate, <laughs> but oh well. <laughs> With several of you here, in 2010-2011, I served as a member of the search committee to call a new rector. It was a long but extremely prayerful process. It began, however, with many of us so sure that we knew how to hire people because we were leaders and we were smart and we had experience and we set criteria and we had things to check on resumes. Minimum requirement was someone in their 50s who had a minimum of five years experience as a rector. <laughs> we, uh, we whittled down the applicant pool, praying as we did, and we were moving resumes into piles. We had Skype interviews, and uh, we did some more moving into piles. We did have to stretch our criteria a little to allow in some rogues, but after visits <laughs> and interviews and a lot more prayer, the long and the short of it was this. Upstairs in the St. Francis and Clare room, 
after lots of prayerful discussion, the first name was that rogue guy from Pittsburgh, 37 years old, who had only been an associate rector. And one at a time, we each said yes. And the room got quieter and quieter. And as the last one of us said yes, there was this silence, as if we were all holding our breath. And we just looked at one another and knew we were on holy ground. The Holy Spirit was real and palpable and profound. Some of us spontaneously wept. <laughs> we knew without a word that the Holy Spirit was in that room and that the Holy Spirit was made visible. And maybe a less dramatic way to say that is God outsmarted us all. <laughs> I give thanks for this place that God has gifted with the power of the Holy Spirit in its people. I give thanks for the love and encouragement at work here and that was given to me to accept a surprising call of the Holy Spirit to begin seminary at 69, to be ordained a transitional deacon yesterday, and God willing to become a priest in January, two months before my 73rd birthday, and if ever there was a Holy Spirit surprise in one's later years, this is certainly it. <laughs> May we be forever mindful of the Holy Spirit working in our lives. And may we allow ourselves to be the church working in the world. And let us rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. Amen. <laughs>